0: Olas Media presents Cannabis Enlightened. Now, here's your host, Dr. Leroy Brady. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another stimulating episode of Cannabis Enlightened. I am your host, Dr. Leroy, and today we have a very special guest, someone who is—and I have to say this with my dignified voice. An official from the city of San Diego. She is in charge of what might be called a controversial department, but she does it with such style and grace. I have never seen her, and I've, you know, been in her presence several times over the last few months without a smile on her face. She is the deputy director of the cannabis division for the city of San Diego. And she's carrying a heavy load. And if anyone can do it, she can do it. So in a minute, I'm going to have Laura come on and introduce herself to you and talk a little bit about um, what brought her to this particular job. And maybe she will share with us some of the things she's done before coming to this particular assignment. Laura, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Brady. I really appreciate the opportunity today to be on your show.
0: Well, it's my pleasure. I mean, I, I, when I ask you to, whenever I ask someone to come on and do an episode, I always kind of wonder, what are they going to say? Do I have to beat them up? But you know, almost before I got the words out, you were saying, yes, I, I can do it. I'll do it. And you wanted to come into the studio, which is fantastic. So I hope the, I want the audience listening to know that Laura Gates is across the table from me, maybe two and a half, three feet. So I'm hoping she won't get mad at me because um, I think she, she, her punches, uh, you know, could really knock you out. Laura, what were you doing uh, before you came to this position? Cause you you've only been with in this position for maybe six months.
1: So I started as the deputy director of the cannabis business division in January okay. of this year. Uh, I am a native San Diegan born and raised. Right. Uh, I uh, had all of my schooling here. I graduated from UCSD. With a degree in urban studies and planning in 1996. Uh, from there I decided I wanted to dedicate my life to public service and okay. so I uh, started with an internship in the mayor's office under okay. land use okay. and from there I quickly started working in redevelopment and the planning department and I was asked where I wanted to work and I said I want to be in the mid-city. That is the yeah. area that I think Is of most interest uh, in the city of San Diego. And I think that is where I could have the most impact. So I was able to begin my career uh, as part of the Mid City Communities Plan update, which included City Heights and Eastern Area and all sorts of different areas. And from there, um, I was given really interesting, challenging um, opportunities, mm-hmm. including updating the Barrio Logan community plan update that hadn't been done since nineteen seventy eight. Wow. And so I was fortunate to have given that opportunity in that role to really define what new community plan updates would look like under the city's new general plan back in that was adopted, I think, back in two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. And that was really an interesting um, and critical, community to be involved in because they had been so disenfranchised. And so I got my feet wet with the Barrio Logan community plan update. I went on to work on the Southeastern and Encanto neighborhoods community plan updates where I led those um, really learning intimately about the community dynamics and their needs and what we needed to, you know, do for the next 20 to 30 years as part of these community plans, Uh, Once I uh, completed those, as well as North Park's community plans, I went to go work for council member Georgette Gomez. Mm. I became her deputy chief of staff and her uh, chief of policy for land use and housing. Mm. And so it was really fascinating to be on the political side of the House and understand and really look at the city from a very comprehensive view cannabis was a topic of conversation that uh, (laughs) we definitely had in the office since it was approved by voters as we know in 2016 and uh, during the time we were in office the city did uh, adopt rules and regulations associated with um, uh, cannabis and created the 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 program at the time and so um, once um, council president gomez left office i did go out and start my own business Um, in land use. And um, I was, um, you know, still interested in coming back to the city. And when the opportunity uh, availed itself to be able to come back and run the cannabis business division, I jumped to it. Um, You know, I applied and um, I was brought on board.
0: So you were, uh, and perhaps maybe still are, an entrepreneur. To a certain degree. Okay, so you mm-hmm. know how the terrain looks on both sides. Sure, yes. So you've had Absolutely. to deal with the city. Mm-hmm. And um, but even before you were dealing with the city as an entrepreneur, you were part of the city. 25 years. 25 years, and then you opened your own business mm-hmm. and um, um, the, they made the call out to you or you, you felt like you want to come back into the city. Mm-hmm. And the, almost your very first stop is... Deputy director of the cannabis division. Yes. Wow.
1: It was, it was, it was, you know, a, a great opportunity okay. to be able to bring my experience of knowing um, many of the disenfranchised communities that have been right. disproportionately affected by the war on drugs mm-hmm. and really hopefully lend my experience to crafting new policies and regulations to really help uplift our communities. Right, right. So I, I really feel a very strong drive toward that. And I think that I can, you know, act as a conduit for folks who want to, you know, perhaps become more involved in the cannabis
0: right. universe. Right. So, you know, a lot of the struggles as a result of being a business owner, you know, some of the struggles that business owners have to deal with uh, when they're working with the city of San Diego or the county. Um, and I think that's very interesting. I, I, I wonder if most people know that about you, that you were an entrepreneur. Um, I'm certainly, I certainly have put you a little bit higher on the list. And I mean, you were up in the top five anyway. So you've, you know, you're moving up there. Thank that's you. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, when you were telling us a few minutes ago about your education, one of the things you skipped, and some people are probably listening and to hear if you are kind of like a, a native, not kind of like you're a native San Diegan, mm-hmm. what high school did you graduate from? La
1: Jolla High School.
0: La Jolla High. So we have a La Jolla High School graduate here. Okay. Class of 1989. Okay. Now you will never hear me talk about any class that I'm associated with, <laughs> but, but that's great. That's great. All the La, your La Jolla High uh, classmates are like rooting for you now because, uh, you know, where you are, what you're doing. And they'll be more apt to listen to this uh, episode.
1: Possibly. Yeah. I I grew up with a bit of a different perspective, though, in La Jolla. I mean, when people think of La Jolla, they think of everyone is very wealthy and well to do. Um, um, My dad left when I was three, left my mom with the house and 50 bucks. And so my mom, as an immigrant, really had a very difficult time, um, you know, raising me and Mm -hmm. making sure we had, you know we, we had food on the table and, you know, she could make right. our ends meet. And so she ultimately lost her house in La Jolla okay. and um, it was really, really tragic. She became homeless for a year and oh. it was very difficult. And so I, I say, I am a graduate of La Jolla high and right. I feel like there's been a lot of benefit to that. Sure. And um it was a really great education, but I don't want people to perceive me as one of those people who, you know, comes from this place and oh no
0: no no not at all so um and I don't believe your mother had a hard time with you I mean unless you've changed
1: oh I was a terrible kid oh no oh yes okay but
0: that's okay (laughs) that's okay but you turned out better you're a better you're a better kid now
1: (laughs) I turned out better yes
0: (laughs) okay so um now that you're you're working you're back with the city Mm -hmm. and you've been in this position for you know six months maybe going on seven Um, And this is, as I stated on the offset of the episode, a controversial area. I'm willing to bet that when you go out into the community and introduce yourself to people that don't know you and you tell them what you do there, when you tell them you're deputy director of uh, the cannabis division, (laughs) they like, oh, really?
1: It's an interesting dynamic. They usually ask me if I get, um, if I'm able to give them, what is it? um, Samples. Samples. (laughs) Samples. I don't get samples. <laughs> I absolutely don't get samples. You know, I, I do think people are really intrigued by cannabis. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of new information coming out and people see it as, oh, as not such a terrible vice. You know, they want to know when the federal government is going to deregulate it mm-hmm. or, you know, declassify deschedule it, it you know. schedule mm-hmm. it. They yeah. want to be- have a better understanding why the NFL is using it to you know, potentially, um, mitigate the impacts of the opioid crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, they want to understand how our, um, you know, we are the like capital of biotech here in San Diego, right? Mm -hmm. Like how are our biotech companies using this to create medicinal products? Mm -hmm. It's really fascinating. And so there's a gamut of folks and usually it starts with a lot of jokes, but then we start getting into the details of what cannabis regulation looks like and, you know, folks understanding that the majority, 80% of our market is the legacy market or the Mm -hmm. illegal market. Mm -hmm. Um, And they want to know, you know, how do we transform that into more of a legal market? You know, how do we reduce those barriers? How do we get folks who are in the community who are engaging in the uh, illegal market to be able to come and participate in the legal market? Yeah. And when I'm talking to parents, because I am the mother of 16 year old
0: twins. Oh, boy. Um, You know, it's 16 year old twins. That's right. They're both 16. Oh, yes, they are. Oh, my gosh.
1: So but you look at the headlines. And just recently, you know, the student at Cathedral High School who died last year, the football player, Mm. who was a straight A student who died because they found a pill that someone sent them, I think it was via Instagram or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so there's this bigger context in the conversation of, you know, kids are getting their hands on all these illicit drugs, how do we stop that? Yeah. Like, how do we stop that?
0: Yeah. And you, so- you know, Laura, I find people are mixing, they're mixing things. Uh, I remember the incident you're talking about, mm-hmm. the pill. Yeah. And I don't know why people do it um, or how they do it or what they're thinking of, but they seem to move that incident into cannabis and they don't call it cannabis. No. They, they always wanna start with either marijuana or weed. And then I have to correct them maybe five or six times. You know, it's really cannabis. And, you know, that's not the same thing as a fentanyl or some type of opioid derivative. I mean, it's not the same thing. It's very different. It's very different. And and it's not even a gateway. That's the next thing they want to. Well, yeah, but they probably were taking that before they took the pill. No, no, no. It's a whole different thing. Absolutely not. So maybe you would agree with me that there's a lot of misinformation out there, too. You know,
1: yes, um, as part of and and I've heard this very clearly from our constituents that there is a lot of misinformation yeah. out there, and so I think as part of my job is to hopefully create an environment where we can provide better education and information right. to the public right. to understand that you know recreational cannabis mm-hmm. that was approved by the voters in 2016 um, is 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 available. Mm -hmm. And if you go through legal sources, um, then it is tested. It's safe. But if you're still engaging in the illegal market, which is very readily available, then Mm. you don't know it's, it's your, 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 playing roulette.
0: Exactly right. You don't know what you're getting.
1: You don't know what you're getting.
0: Um, but all you know is that you're getting it at a um, cheaper price than you would if you went into uh, a legal market. But that's because it doesn't have the controls. It's not tested.
1: Indeed. It's just cheaper. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: That's that's terrible. That's terrible. Well, I, I I understand what you're saying because I encounter some of the same things as I've uh, taught the class and as I talk to people um, when I go out in the community and you know, they all want to know about, um, you know, THC and CBD and, you know, what should I buy and how should I buy it? And I can't give, you know, hard and fast recommendations. I just tell people you need to do your own research. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to do research. You need to walk into a legal shop and look around, ask people, Mm -hmm. you know, ask questions. And even if you don't want to buy anything, just say, Hey, I don't know anything about cannabis. Can you talk to me about it? Mm And if it is a good shop, it's a legal shop. They will spend time talking to you. Yeah, you know, not just because you're a potential customer, but because they believe in the product
1: and they're trained.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, as the deputy director, what kind of things do you do from a, uh, in terms of regulating the the industry here in San Diego? Do you go out and visit? Facilities? Uh, do you respond to calls of uh, people that say, "Hey, there's this uh, cannabis store that just opened next door to me, and it looks kind of shady. Can you come out? How do you how do you do things?
1: So, in the city of San Diego, we have 76 available permits. Okay. for cannabis operators 36 of those are for cannabis outlets retail outlets where mm-hmm. a consumer can go in and purchase an item right. um, then we also have 40 um, production facility permits which allow for the growing and manufacturing mm-hmm. of cannabis and the 40 are citywide, um, and they are typically placed in industrial zones Um, They do have separation requirements, 1,000 feet from sensitive receptors and 100 feet from residential. Um, The cannabis outlets also follow those same rules with the exception that there's a maximum of four allowed per council district. Mm -hmm. We have nine council districts, so four can be placed. Um, It was incited within those. There are some issues with citing them because of the sensitive use requirements and the zoning requirements. And so it is sometimes challenging. There's some council districts that um, haven't seen their maximum um, permits um, Mm -hmm. um, approved. We have, I believe about 10 right now that are still sitting on the books that -hmm. have not been approved. So we have 26 operating um, outlets. So what we do on a day-to-day basis, and I have a team, um, we... um, not issue and take forward um, the conditional use permits mm-hmm. that is what the permit is called to be able to get an operating license here in the city of san diego for cannabis right. that is you know a very long and arduous process to be able to obtain one of those and it is a what is called a discretionary hearing so it has to go to a hearing body to be approved and there's has to be findings made and all those kind of things um, You can find all this information on our website, which is you just Google San Diego Cannabis um, Development Services Department should come right up. So we have um, regulatory and compliance. So we issue the permits and then we ensure that those permits that have been issued are following whatever parameters are listed within the conditional use permit. So whether that's um, signage, parking, um, sales, how many employees can be on the site. I mean, there's a variety of different um, issue areas that we make sure are in compliance. We do that by doing site visits. And so I do have a compliance officer who regularly goes to each of the cannabis uh, outlets and production facilities mm-hmm. to ensure that they are complying with our laws. Oh. This is in addition to the state. So the state department of cannabis control has their own entire licensing arm that folks have to be compliant with as well. So we partner on a regular basis with the state of California to go out and do our inspections and make sure that we are having a conversation so we know what um, everybody is up to Mm -hmm. and doing.
0: So this is, I I can imagine this is big news to a lot of people that, um, not just that the city of San Diego has oversight into the cannabis business, but the state does too. Uh, so it, it's—would you say that it more it guarantees? It's more likely to guarantee that a person is getting a good product.
1: Yes, I believe so because you have us making sure that the facilities are meeting all of our building codes and that um, you know they're following all of our health and safety rules. The state goes in and they're actually looking at the equipment and testing and making sure that all the equipment that is, you know, extracting or creating the product is meeting the state's um, requirements. Mm-hmm. And so it's very rigorous. I mean, I will tell you okay. from, from my standpoint for what we do and what the state does in conjunction to make sure our legally operating businesses are in compliance and selling a safe product.
0: So have you had to um, warn people, warn different um facilities or close down different facilities here in San Diego
1: have not had to close down any yet um we definitely send out warnings uh typically warnings are really focused on um events that may occur say on 420 um you know if there's Hmm. outside consumption or there's issues with those kind of things um signage is a big issue and so we make sure that they are in compliance with our signage regulations. Which now, when you player. say
0: signage, what's the what are the parameters with respect to that?
1: So for our signage regulations, you can only use um, the alphabet. You cannot have any symbols or numbers. You can only have two colors on your sign, and mm-hmm. so it's really, 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 really specific. Okay. Um, and so, and there's a certain, I believe, a number of signs that you're allowed to put up, and so. Um, you know, if you're not complying with that, let's say you have the wavy guys out there in the street with and the, balloons. And the balloons, the yeah. balloons and this, that, and right. you've got your name everywhere. You know, we're going to come out, we're going to inspect that and we're going to make sure that, you know, whatever business it is, is in compliance with okay. their underlying conditional use permit.
0: And there's, you said something on uh, in the beginning um, that there is no consumption on site. So if someone goes in and buys a product that, um, let's say the product they buy is, is smokable. They mm-hmm. can't come outside and light up. No. As you could if you went into um, a grocery store and you bought a cigarette and you let you come outside of the grocery store and you light up. That's permitted, but it's not the same thing with cannabis. It is
1: not. You're not okay. allowed to consume. All
0: right. Now, who gets the warning for that? Does the person that is lighting up
1: no, or does it's the business the, operator. The business.
0: So it's the business's job to say, you can't consume this on our presence. Yes, absolutely. So how, how far does that extend? Is that well, the parking lot or?
1: I mean, you can, so you can't. So when, you're, when somebody buys product at the business, they cannot consume it on site. Okay. So they have to get in their car and hopefully they're going to drive home and, then... and they're going to consume it in their house.
0: Good. That's what I was getting to. Okay. okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Not
0: in the car. We you don't can't to... do
1: it in the car. You can't do it in the park. Right. You can't do it at school. You right have there. to do it in the privacy of your own home.
0: Okay. And when you've given these warnings to these various facilities, have they been w- w- willing to work with you? Nobody's yes. said, hey, why are you, you know, hassling us?
1: Well, you get a little bit of that. <laughs> All right. But generally they come around and they okay. understand that, you know, this is, this is the law.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: The other big issue that we see is taxes. Oh. And I'm really trying to work with our treasurers right now to make the, the, the t- understanding, you know, taxes and auditing very clear to all of our um, cannabis operators. I think it's going to be really, really, really important when we do create our equity applicant program, mm-hmm. that folks really understand what is required from them when they're operating a business and having to remit taxes to our city treasurer.
0: So you mentioned the word, um, maybe a term, equity applicants. So that's two words maybe, equity applicants. Uh, Maybe some folks aren't aware of what that is. Can you talk a little bit about what's going on? What does that mean, equity applicants?
1: Sure. So the city was given a $75,000 GoBiz grant from the state of California last year Mm -hmm. to create an equity assessment report to really understand what equity should be and what it looks like for the city of San Diego in creating a cannabis equity program. So we have embarked on creating this assessment. We are doing both the qualitative and quantitative analysis um, of the cannabis industry in San Diego. And so and of cannabis, um, you know, how the impacts it's had on the communities, mostly of color. And so we hired a consultant to look at our quantitative impacts and really drill down on the um, criminalization of cannabis in in San Diego and look at those numbers and see who was disproportionately affected, as well as look at who our current CUP holders are in the cannabis realm. So CUP. Conditional use permit, holders. Okay. so who are the business operators right now in the city of San Diego? Mm-hmm. So looking at that, there's the quantitative side and then the qualitative side, which is how we got to know each other. Uh, yes. And that's through the cannabis equity listening sessions, attending your class and speaking, mm-hmm. really trying to get in depth information and knowledge from our residents in the city of San Diego to really understand what it is it would take to overcome barriers. What are the barriers? And overcome those barriers to be able to um, effectuate change in those communities that have been negatively impacted. So not only just the individual who may want to become a cannabis operator, but looking at their families and the communities um, who have been disenfranchised.
0: Now, you mentioned the listening sessions, Mm -hmm. um, and I've attended um, a couple of them, and there's one tonight. How many have you had?
1: So we've had eight so far. We okay. started uh, a couple weeks ago. Okay. Uh, we've had them in the evening. We've had them on Saturday morning. We had one on Zoom last night. Right. We're really trying to reach as many folks as we can through these equity listening sessions. Mm-hmm. So we've hosted them in various parts of the community. Uh, Linda Vista, San Ysidro, Tonight is in City Heights, mm-hmm. Southeastern and And so we've really tried to spread them around to get different perspectives from our communities.
0: So in the listening sessions, Laura, what kind of information are you getting from people? Are they are they aware of what's going on in cannabis or are they curious about what type of cannabis you're talking about?
1: So we give a general overview at the beginning of the listening session that talks about the 2016 law. We talk about equity and equality and what that means. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we go through a brief overview of uh, the grant parameters, including Mm -hmm. the quantitative and qualitative data analysis that we're gathering. And then we break out into the question section where we go to our note takers tables. Um, and we ask our participants a series of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very much a fluid back and forth mm-hmm. where we're engaging and talking about the barriers and the opportunities and really trying to um, listen mm-hmm. to the community and what their needs and wants are.
0: Now, I, I've been to a couple. Um, what has been the participation in, in your view? Have, have a lot of the community participated or is it just a few isolated people maybe that show up.
1: So we have our regulars that have attended <laughs> all of them and that's great. I think that shows dedication and commitment to sure. this, to this initiative. And I appreciate that, but mm-hmm. I would say, um, you know, we've had, I, I would say good participation in, in the realm of, um, you know, impacting folks who probably are working full time and have kids and have schedules people have been coming out and they've been engaging with us in, in, in our dialogue, and our conversation. Some have been better attended than others. um, But, you know, we are taking this information um, and, you know, we're going to use it.
0: Are people concerned with where a um, cannabis facility, a store might be set up um, or, or does that matter to them?
1: We, you know, from looking at our comments, we really haven't had that conversation Mm. i think folks are more interested in talking about you know equity applicant criteria and those and, and 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 capital financing and really looking at the bigger
0: issues those are some big issues in terms of the uh starting a cannabis business it takes a lot of money and it's not like doing a um a silk screening, a t-shirt business. I mean, you can't just open it overnight. Yeah. It takes a while and it takes money to do it. So are, are you finding that people um, that are coming out really are looking at um, when this is going to happen or how it's going to happen?
1: Many folks are, yeah. Okay. They want to see it happen. It should have happened in 2017.
0: Yeah.
1: It okay. should have. Mm-hmm. It didn't. So now we need to make up for lost time and we need to get a plan put in place um, that it will be actionable in 2023.
0: Okay, so you, you said that, uh, we said together, we agreed that there is one last um, listening session this evening. So once that concludes, do you then start crunching the numbers and writing?
1: Yes, we do. Okay. So we have a partner, um, it's called the People Lab up at UC Berkeley who will be taking all of our listening session notes Mm -hmm. and will be crunching that information to really pull out the themes. um, And they'll be doing that next week. Uh, Our survey, which I strongly encourage folks to take, it'll be open until uh, Monday, June 20th. I think that's Monday, well, until Mm -hmm. June 20th, um, you know, really will help us understand as well what we need to consider and look at. And so um, our city staff, Uh, through our performance analytics group, we'll be looking at the survey data.
0: So then what's our time? What's your time? Um, Not limit, but what's the timing then? Once you get the numbers crunched, then you start writing. And then I would imagine something has to go to the council or maybe a committee before it goes to the council. What's what's that process look like?
1: So uh, I expect to have the draft assessment ready for public review
0: Mm -hmm.
1: by July 12th. Okay. And so once that is issued to the public and it'll be issued on our website and I'll send out an email to anyone who is interested in receiving it, we'll be going to what is called the economic development and intergovernmental relations city council committee. Oh man. And I believe that is on uh, July 13th. Wow! If you Google cannabis equity listening session, city of San Diego, mm-hmm. the entire schedule is on there and that'll have active links on how. Uh, residents can engage via Zoom um, and provide public testimony at the hearing. So once we go as an informational item to hear from council members about the general recommendations that'll be included in the report, we are planning to go to the planning commission as an informational item uh, in August. Once we go there, we go back to ED and IR, that's that city council committee on September 7th. And then we are scheduled to be in front of the full council on September
0: 22nd. And the when you come before the city council, what are they going to be voting on?
1: We will be requesting that they adopt recommendations contained in the assessment report.
0: Whatever it says.
1: Yes. And then also adopt the assessment report, which is critical mm-hmm. because we will have to provide that to the state of California mm-hmm. to satisfy our grant requirements that lets us then be eligible to apply for grant funding by the end of this year.
0: So how much money are we talking about in that case?
1: Potentially millions.
0: Millions of dollars? Potentially. Okay. It's
1: a formula base. Right. I haven't seen the formula yet, (laughs) but looking at what other jurisdictions have received, they've received significant um, funding from the state.
0: And that money is gonna be used to help people to open a business or is this more research?
1: Uh, this is not more research. Um, uh, this would be to help fund education and training programs. Okay. Community-based education and training programs. This would be to help, um, hopefully, provide um, uh, seed capital.
0: Okay. Um, for business. For
1: a business. Okay. Oh, and I should note um, the the name I've we've developed for our program. Okay. It's the Cannabis okay. Social Equity and Economic Development Program
0: man cannabis hold on, on a second okay. Cannabis
1: <laughs> seed program
0: cannabis seed program oh who thought of that oh my gosh oh my gosh so so a mother of of 16 year old twins and a creative thinker i tried to be on occasion okay that sounds great now i think it's catchy don't you i, I I'm with you all the way, but San you know, San
1: Diego's cannabis seed program seed
0: program, but you know, I was with you the first time I met you. So, I mean, come on. Uh, but I think that it is catchy. Um, and I think what you're doing is bringing to light something that's very, very important. And what I'm hoping is the same thing. I think you're hoping that more people will want to get involved. Mm-hmm. and Whether you know a lot or not get involved, find out so that you have a say in what's going to happen. Or at least, you know, I mean, I, I hate to think that um, things would happen uh, here in San Diego with respect to cannabis. And then somebody would ask a residents, well, what's going on in your t- in your city with respect to cannabis. And they say, well, I don't know. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's a cardinal sin. So if folks want to get in touch with you, mm-hmm. how do they do that? Do they...
1: they can send me an email. Okay. L N gates at San Diego.gov. They can call me. Uh, Okay. I'm uh, 619-871-7294 is my cell phone.
0: And I can testify that uh, Deputy Director Laura Gates will respond to you pretty doggone quick. She's a lot better than I am with my email.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I'll tell you, we are making um, upgrades to our cannabis website. And so if you want to learn more about, you know, what the cannabis space is in San Diego right now, go to our cannabis website and uh, take a look. There's great GIS maps there, Mm -hmm. geographic information system maps that help you map out potential spots. Um, All the rules and regulations that are currently there uh, that are in place right now are there. And so I think it's a really good resource for folks.
0: Well, yeah, your, your department is a great resource for people that want to get into the business or find out about cannabis in San Diego. So um, I'm encouraging everyone to reach out to your department and find out what's going on so they can stay up with the latest that's going on in the city of San Diego with respect to cannabis. Is there anything else that you, you feel like we need to know about cannabis and your department here in San Diego?
1: You know, I think Oh, one of the big issues that I'm addressing right now mm-hmm. is, um, delivery services.
0: Ah. And
1: so that is a really interesting, um, topic that I am exploring that folks really don't realize mm-hmm. the impact it's having on our, um, cannabis economy here in San Diego.
0: And that impact is
1: well, the state of California allows out of city delivery into different jurisdictions. So I've done an analysis and determined that there's about 84 um, delivery services outside of the city of San Diego that deliver into San Diego. Wow. And so if you can imagine what that does to dilute folks who have gone through the process to get a cannabis outlet permit and who do offer delivery services, it's really challenging because many of those uh, out of city delivery services Don't pay the requisite tax. Uh. And that is a really big problem for us. Um, They also potentially, you know, if you're coming out of commerce and you're guaranteeing a 30 minute delivery into San Diego, I'm not sure how that happens. So we're looking and delving into that conversation. There is state law currently um, that is being uh, discussed where the limit for the quote unquote, ice cream truck. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. you're familiar with that term where people pack product into a large vehicle and drive it down. um, That that limit right now is $5,000 a day. Um, I believe it's supposed mm. to go to 10,000 per oh this God. new state law that is being discussed. And so that's really having a potential impact sure. on our economy and I think it's one of the largest areas that we really need to think about. People think yeah. that a cannabis outlet, you know you know citing those locations with all the parameters and ensuring that they're away from sensitive risk, sensitive uses is a really big issue. Mm-hmm. But I really think that the out-of-city delivery services are a bigger issue, and we really need mm. to figure out how to address that through proactive
0: enforcement. It sounds like they undercut the, le- the, the local legal market yes. in, in a lot of ways. I mean, they, they undercut the small business, the, the social equity uh, applicant or a small business owner. Who has opened up and is selling, you know, his product or her product mm-hmm. out of their store. Mm-hmm. And here's somebody that comes from um, Humboldt. Humboldt. Oh my gosh, that far away. P- possibly El Centro, Humboldt Commerce. Oh my gosh. And not to not to mention the tax to take out of the city. Yeah. And I'm willing to bet that their product is cheaper too
1: you know, I haven't engaged in any of them. I just know that it exists. And the way we found that research, by the way, Mm -hmm. is we looked at uh, the weeder, which is uh, from the reader.
0: Okay. And,
1: you know, it's very simple. It's it's there, plain as day. And um, I had my staff go through that uh, exercise to really take a look at, you know, who's advertising in the city of San Diego and who's actually um, in the market.
0: I'd like to bring you back and, and uh, find out, you know, what's happened and also what you've done with respect to this delivery system and how that has um, undercut the market here in San Diego. So I'm hoping you will agree to do that.
1: I absolutely agree to come back. I would, it would be my pleasure.
0: Fantastic. Well, Laura, it has been a distinct pleasure to have you with me today. So thank Thanks. you very much, uh, Laura Gates, Deputy Director of the Cannabis Division for the City of San Diego. Thank you. Thank you. If you'd like to hear more Cannabis Enlightened with Dr. Leroy, be sure to visit us online at CannabisEnlightened.com and subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. Cannabis Enlightened is produced in San Diego, California and presented by March and Ash at MarchandAsh.com. On behalf of Dr. Leroy, I'm Chris Cantori, and thank you for listening. Media.